Good morning. Had to wait for the live stream to get started, so. <laughs> um, how are you all doing this morning? Yeah, I'm doing good this morning. I actually got a full night of sleep last night, so that rarely happens on a Saturday for me. But um, Brother Robert uh, sent me a message last night. He goes, so are you going to do a PowerPoint for, for Sunday? And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do one. <laughs> And that made me get done faster, so I actually got to go to sleep on time. So, <laughs> um, anyway, but if you can see on the slide up there, we're going to be talking about bearing witness. And you see that picture of a lighthouse there. That's actually the lighthouse that is at Alexandria. Um, and that is the oldest known lighthouse in existence. So I just, I, I have that picture up there just to show that even during ancient times, they had some of the technology that we have today. Most of the technology that we have today comes from their technology. So they had problems, and just like we have today, one of those problems was guiding ships safely into harbor so they wouldn't, get, wouldn't crash on the rocks. So what did they do? They, they built a big, tall building and lit a fire at the top at night. And during the day, they had this big giant mirror that they would angle so that the sun would shine light out to the ocean so that these ships would be, know where it is safe to sail in. So I want us to keep that idea in mind as we go through uh, this passage today. Um, and that being said, I want to go ahead and pray for us, and then we'll, we'll open up God's word. Dear Lord, thank you for bringing us all here this morning. Lord, I, I pray that... Uh, you would help us to be good witnesses of you, Lord, in our lives. Um, Lord, I pray that as we move forward this morning, that you would open up all of our minds and our hearts and let it sink in, uh, let your word sink into our hearts so that uh, we may be, be better able to share it with others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. So John is actually my favorite gospel. Uh, because when John writes about Jesus, he has this sense of wonder at everything that Jesus does. Uh, he wasn't a super educated man, but he went, so when he's looking at Jesus, he's looking at it from the common man perspective. So he gets to see all of these things that Jesus does in his life, and he's just like, wow, Jesus did this. But at every step, when John writes, you see that showing through his writing. So... In John chapter 1, Jesus, uh, sorry, John gives uh, an introduction to Jesus. Uh, now, if you've ever watched a boxing match or uh, WWE, then I used to watch that when I was a kid. It's all fake, but uh, boxing's not fake, but um, depending on who you ask. Uh, anyway, but if you watch any sort of combat sport like that, uh, you'll see that they always have a hype man. They always have, they, there's always a person that is talking about all this person's accomplishments and everything. And that is what John is doing right here to introduce Jesus. So he's, he's giving this really great introduction of Jesus. And so I'm going to go ahead and read, starting at verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. 
This is what I mean by kind of being a hype man. You know, oh, the darkness couldn't overcome him. That's what John's saying here. Then he says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is John the Baptist. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became, was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So something that we have to understand about this, first of all, is that John wrote this long after Jesus had passed away. Uh, it, this is written towards the end. So this is not one of the first books in the New Testament written. So although chronologically the events take place earlier, John wrote this actually quite late. So who is John writing this book to exactly? Well, he's writing it to believers. He's sending this book out to churches that way they can read it and understand the gospel but if it, john is writing this to believers then what is what is the reason why he is writing this he's trying to give believers at that time a tool to share the gospel with people we can see this actually uh john hints at this in john chapter 20 verses 30 through 31 and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. So if John is writing this to believers and he says the purpose is that ye might believe, well, he's not telling believers that they need to believe. He's saying that you need to use this book and tell them this, that they might believe. So this is a gospel tool here. Now, why did I read the whole verse 1 through 14? Really just to talk about, oh, it's got the scripture up there. Really just to talk about verses 6 through 8. Uh, if you saw on the first slide, um, that was, that's what I want to focus on today is just verses 6 through 8. And I'm going to go ahead and read that again. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. So John, the writer of the book of John, takes a break from introducing Jesus to introduce John the Baptist. So Jesus, the most important man ever to have existed on the planet, God in the flesh, John, the writer, takes a break from that just to introduce John the Baptist for a short moment there. So it really shows that how important being a witness of Christ is. See, it is, it is so important in our communities to tell people about Jesus because that is the way that people come to know who he is. So 
what is a witness? That's what we have to, the first question that we have to ask in, in order to be good witnesses, we have to first understand what exactly a witness is. And that's something that we may take, it, take for granted sometimes, some of these terms that we use, but being a witness actually has a strict definition. So first, what is a witness in a legal sense? So in law today, what is a witness? We've all seen uh, the courtroom uh, TV shows or movies where they call the witnesses to the stand and they, they sit there and they're supposed to tell people what they saw, right? Well, the Supreme Court defines a witness as this. And I'm gonna quote here. The term witness in its strict legal sense means one who gives evidence in a court before a court of law, but has also been defined as one who has knowledge of a fact or occurrence sufficient to testify with respect to it. And an eyewitness has been defined as one who testifies to what he or she has seen. So there's a little bit of a difference between an eyewitness and just a witness. Uh, that I want to go back to that later, so remember that note. But what's interesting about this is our legal way of de defining what a witness is actually comes from the Old Testament of the Bible, where they would have witnesses when someone did something wrong, and they would have to testify before the judges and the, the priests. We can see this, uh, first I want to show in the New Testament, in a scriptural sense, what a witness is. Biblically, a witness, again, is someone who's just to testify to the truth. So that definition does not change between the Old Testament and the New Testament, but there's a different connotation in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, it was all about, well, this person did something wrong, and I saw what they did, and, you know, that I'm testifying before a judge there. 1 Corinthians 13.1 says, This is the third time I am coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. So it's all about establishing truth. Now, this New Testament scripture is actually almost directly quoting an Old Testament scripture. And that Old Testament scripture gives further information on what a witness is. It talks about bearing false witness or even refusing to bear witness. First, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 19. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open there. It says Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15. One witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity or for any sin in any sin that he sinneth at the mouth of two witnesses or at the mouth of three witnesses shall the matter be established. So you see that there. It's the same thing. But it goes on. If a false witness rise up against any man to testify against him that which is wrong, then both man between whom the controversy is shall stand before the Lord, before the priests, and the judges, which shall be in those days. So it gives further information. Bearing false witness was a very negative thing, and you would suffer the same consequences as the per other pe person. Now, also in Leviticus 5.1, uh, you don't have to turn there, it's just a quick verse. And if a soul sin and hear the voice of swearing, and is a witness, whether he hath seen or know of it, if he do not utter it, 
then he shall bear his iniquity. So if you witness something, you have to talk about it. That still applies to us today, folks. If we have witnessed Jesus Christ working in our lives and we don't talk about it, there's consequences for that. You know, we're going to get some rebuking in our lives if we don't do that. So this leads into my next point. Why should we bear witness of Christ? Well, first, because of what Christ, ugh, sorry, got a little tongue tied. Because of what Christ did for us. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. See, that's the most famous verse in the world, but do we really think about that? What Christ did for us, personally. God gave his Son so that we could have everlasting life. You see, Jesus died knowing that not everybody would accept him. Can you, can you think about that? Have, having that foreknowledge to know that not everybody in the world, you're doing this for everyone, but not everybody is going to accept it. You're giving this free gift, but not everybody's going to take it. That's sad, but it shows Christ's love. He, gave, he died so that we would have the option of have a, ever, having everlasting life. See, we have to accept him in order to get that gift. You see, before Christ died, we wouldn't have had the option. See, we, if Christ didn't come and die on the cross for our sins, we would all be going to hell no matter how much we believed in God. Because the consequences of sin is death. But also, not just what he did for the whole world, but what he has done in our personal lives. I want to go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 5. And this is actually one of my favorite passages, but I'm not going to get into the whole thing today. I just want to point out one part of it. If you don't know where Mark is, it's right after Matthew. <laughs> Mark chapter 5 is when Jesus goes over the sea to the country of the Gadarenes and he casts the legion of demons out of this man. Now, most people preach this passage and they talk about spiritual warfare. But this passage is really all about what Jesus did for one man. See, Jesus, right before that, he went over the stormy sea, calmed the storm, just to go over, cast the demons out of that one man, and then right after that situation's over, Jesus gets back in his boat because they tell him to leave. And he goes back to doing what he was doing in his ministry. So he literally went there for one person. And I want, I want you to see what Jesus tells this man to do. This man wants to follow Jesus uh, with his life. But Jesus tells him, go home to thy friends and tell them how great the things the Lord hath done for thee and have had compassion on thee. So this man is wanting to travel with Jesus after this, but Jesus says, no, go tell people what the Lord did for you. Notice what the, how the man responds. It says, and he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great the things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. So Jesus tells him, go tell people how great things the Lord did for you. 
And the man responds by telling them how great the things Jesus did. You see, you can tell that that's a salvation experience there because that man recognizes Jesus as Lord and he wants to go tell people about him. This is an awesome passage to get into this whole thing, but Jesus healed this man and this man now goes out and tells his testimony. But that testimony was all that man had. You know how I know that? You can't be possessed of demons if you're a follower of God. You see, if you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside you, then that space is already filled. So this man likely had no knowledge of Scripture. So he wouldn't have had a bunch of Scripture to go out and tell people, oh, the Bible says this, this, and this here. But this man had his testimony there. He was able to go tell people what Jesus did. Now, the same can be said for many of the other early followers of Christ. They didn't have the written gospel yet, but they knew what God had done personally for them. They knew the basic story of Jesus. So what I'm getting at here is we really have no excuse to not tell people what Jesus has done. See, you can get to people with just your testimony. Jesus even cites John the Baptist as one of the witnesses of who he is. See, people are important here. Jesus says that one of the reasons why we should bear witness of him is because we are his chosen instruments to show his light to the world. First, I want to look at Matthew chapter 5. And this is Matthew 5, 14. Now, this is during the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus had just got done saying the Beatitudes. Now, the Beatitudes are all the blesseds, right? Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the poor. But when Jesus is saying all the Beatitudes, he is speaking to the multitudes, right? Now, when he gets a little bit later in the Sermon on the Mount, he turns to his disciples and says, ye are the salt of the earth. And then in Matthew 5, 14, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. So, you know, the reason why we know that Jesus actually is speaking directly to his disciples, there is the word ye. So Old English is actually a little bit different than our language today. They had words for a direct address. One of those words is ye. It means you. But it's not you all. It's you. The few that are close to me. The Greek word there actually shows that too. So... When Jesus is saying all of the yees, he's talking directly to his church. See, in the multitudes, there were people that were unsaved there. So how could unsaved people be the light of the world? No, he's talking to his disciples. Ye are the light of the world. So at the beginning, I talked about how John the Baptist, it says he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. But Jesus is saying here that we are the light of the world. So how can we be the light and not the light at the same time? Well, remember that picture that was up there from the beginning? We're the lighthouses. Each one of us individually as believers in Christ is a lighthouse. We have the light living inside us. We have the Holy Spirit inside us. 
That is what needs to get shown out. Like I said, Jesus even cites John the Baptist as one of his witnesses. This is in John chapter 5, verse 32 through 35. Sorry, I'm doing kind of a page turn this morning. John chapter 5, verse 32 through 35. Now, right here, Jesus talks about all of these witnesses uh, of who he is. He talks about the Father bears witness of him. The Holy Spirit bears witness of him. His actions bear witness of him. But notice here, he talks about John here. He brings up John. He says, there is another that beareth witness of me. And I know the wit that the witness which he witnesseth of me is true. Ye sent unto John, and he bare witness unto the truth. But I receive not testimony from man, but these things I say that ye might be saved. Notice here, Jesus says, He was a burning and shining light, and ye were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. See, not only does Jesus cite John the Baptist there, but Jesus gives credit. That, what should that say to us? Well, we're not supposed to give credit to ourselves. But one day, all of the people that are bearing witness of Jesus' light are going to be credited there. See, I, when I die, I want Jesus to say, that man was a burning and shining light. I, that is my goal. That should be all of our goals in life. You want that credit from Jesus, right? It doesn't matter what other people think. It matters what Jesus thinks of us. We're also commanded to do this in the Great Commission. We are commanded to bear witness. The Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28. Go there really quick. Elizabeth grabbed my tab off my Bible, so. <laughs> At the very end of Matthew chapter 28, this is when Jesus is telling his disciples to go out. He says, starting at verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things, Whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So, simply put, we are commanded to tell people about Jesus. That's not just a, you should do this. That's Jesus saying, I am telling you to do this. Shouldn't be an option for us. Now, the last reason of why we should bear witness and this is the hardest one um, it's the saddest one to think about but and some churches completely avoid this subject but the last reason of why we should bear witness is because simply put people will go to hell if we don't that's a hard thing 
uh, a hard burden for us, but the Bible says that nobody can come to know God without hearing the word. This is Romans 10, 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now, that preacher that it's talking about there is not just someone that stands behind a pulpit. In this sense, it is all of us. You see, preaching simply means to proclaim expecting a result. See, notice that there, though. Expecting a result. That's the actually definition of preach. So you can't just tell people about Jesus, but your attitude has to fit it. You have to expect that people are going to respond to it. See, there's a lot of ideas uh, in modern Christianity today that, oh, well, what about people in third world countries, you know, that uh, maybe have never heard the word of God? Well, I'm not saying that God can't save them because he has the power to do anything. But that would go contrary to how the Bible says God interacts with the world. See, I do believe that God gives everyone an opportunity to be saved. But we cannot say that, oh, well, if they don't hear, you know, then, then something miraculous can happen. No, that means that someone needs to go and tell them. You see, the, the miracle that God is putting in their life is a person telling them about the gospel, giving them a Bible or something. They have to have some way of hearing the word. You see, we can't give a cop-out answer to that. Are you going to really stand before God and go, oh, well, they had an opportunity. You know, I didn't do anything, but, you know, they, they, you know God, you can, you, it's your power, right? You know, that reminds me of actually uh, at the beginning of the Bible when uh, God, is say, God is talking to Adam and Eve and, and Adam blames the woman, right, for the sin. Adam says, the woman which you gave me. So Adam not only blames the woman, but he blames God for giving him the woman. Are we going to stand before God and go, well, God, you have the power to do it. God's like, well, I sent you. Right? I told you to go. So, now that we have an idea of why, it's a command. People need it. Because we should be grateful of what Christ did for us. Well, now that we know the why, how do we bear witness? See, the how was very important, too. See, I, there was a, a while there when I was a kid, I was like, I want to tell people about Jesus, but I just don't know how. You know, that seems like kind of dumb to say, but that goes through the minds of a lot of people. They don't know how to put themselves out there to tell people about Jesus. So there are two forms of actually being a witness. And the first is actively. The second is passively. Now, don't throw stones at me when I say passively being a witness, but there, I, I will get into that in a moment. But first, let's talk about actively. How do we actively bear witness of Christ? First, through our testimony, as I talked about earlier. Our testimony 
is our foundational evangelism tool. See, if you have nothing else when you are saved, you have your testimony of how Christ changed your life. Even if you don't know any scripture, you can still tell people about what Jesus did for you. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So we have to always be ready to tell people of why we are so joyous. Why we believe that we are going to live eternally. See, if you, don't, if you can't give people an answer of that reason, then what good are you doing? That's what James talks about through the whole book of James. And we'll start to get into that next week. A little preview there. But also, on top of our testimony, I, I said that even if you don't know any scripture, you can still tell people about Jesus. But scripture sure does help. So we tell people about Jesus through sharing scripture. Now, none of these are in replace of the other. We can't substitute any of them. They build off of each other. 2 Peter 1.5 says, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge. So add to your faith after you're saved. Add to it virtue and knowledge. That knowledge that it's talking about there, that's not talking about worldly knowledge. That's talking about scriptural knowledge. So we can't just stop at our testimony. We have to continue to learn about Christ. Now on top of this, our actions. See, after we're learning scripture, we have our testimony. We need to have the actions to back all of that up. James 1.22 be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. See, James is a man of action. That's that whole, the whole book of James is about faith and action. We have to show people God's love. Otherwise, our words are empty and we can be seen as hypocrites of the scripture that we share see if you're telling people about the bible yet they see you in other areas of your life and your actions don't back it up you're gonna go that man doesn't really believe what he's saying he doesn't live it out in his life this leads me to how do we passively tell people about god well like I said, don't throw stones at me because, see, we, I don't think that we're going to lead anyone to Christ by passively sharing scripture or passively sharing our testimony or passively being a Christian. But, on the other hand, we sure can push people away passively by what we do when we think nobody else is looking. Passively through our actions. See, actions can be used to show God's love, but actions can also be used to push people away. Think about that same scripture. Be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. You see, 
you are deceiving yourself if you are not living scripture out. Also, through our words, we passively share scripture. See, if you go to church on Sunday and Wednesday, and then in your life, people hear you swearing all the time and uh, saying vulgar things, talking about things that are not of God, that's bad. You see, that's why Christians sometimes get a bad rap today. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people and they say they call Christians hypocrites. Now, we're all human. We all have sin. And that is not why people should come to God as the person. But we need to be good representatives of Christ. And our words can damage that. Joshua 1.8 This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. See, Joshua was going to go in and conquer the promised land there. That place was full of sin. And God is telling this to Joshua to keep his nose in the word and not let it depart out of his mouth. See, God's word was to be the only thing coming off of Joshua's tongue. He's only speaking about scripture. Then it says, then thou shalt have good success. See, that same thing applies for us today. The world is sinful. And we are not to be of the world. We are supposed to be in the world, showing God's light to the world. Now, the last way that we passively witness, this is the bow that ties it all up together. Through our attitudes. You see, you can do all of the right things. You can say all of the right things. But if your heart's not in the right place, people see that. You see, if I'm telling someone about Jesus and I'm not excited about it, if I'm like, I don't really want to be doing this right now. I don't want to be out here door knocking. I don't want to be out here passing out tracks. If I have that general attitude, people notice. It, I, I used to talk about, well, if, when someone asks you to come and help them move, their house you know say I had a friend that asked me to come and help him move and I go and I do it right and I you know I say I'm gonna be there I show up on time I have the actions to back up what I told him but I get there and I'm moping the entire time acting like oh I'm just I've got other things to do I don't want to be here do you think that that person is ever gonna want to ask me to help them move again Probably not if they have a choice, right? I mean, you could always use an extra pair of hands, but you're going to look for someone else before that person that doesn't want to be there. See, our attitudes can very much damage our testimonies. But if our attitudes are right, if we are excited about what we're sharing, then that is how things sink in for people. If we are just so overjoyed, people are going to be like, hey, what is different about you? I want what he has, right? 
Seems like everything's crashing, crashing down around his life, but he's still doing good. I want that. And when we think about it, we have eternity with Christ. That is something to stay joyous about, even when times are hard. In conclusion, I want to talk about that lighthouse again. Because it's such a good picture of people, right? Especially these ancient lighthouses. So I want to talk a little bit about how it worked again. You see the flame that's at the top, right? So they had that flame lit at nighttime. Uh, and basically what they did is they had the flame at the center of the lighthouse and a mirror behind it. So it would actually focus that light to shine out to people that were out on the water to guide them in safely. And then during the day, they didn't have a fire lit. They, they would instead re-angle that mirror so that it was reflecting the sun out to the water. But at any one time, that mirror had to be calibrated properly so that it was showing the light out there. Now, if you think about that as an analogy for us, right? We are the lighthouses, but our mirrors inside us have to be reflecting that light out to people. If it is not calibrated properly, if we were reflecting the world out to people, well, people still look at us and they see a lighthouse, right? If we are declared as Christians, people look at you and they see a Christian. They don't know whether you're a bad person or a good person. They look at you and they see that, okay, you're a representative of Christ. Well, if you were reflecting the world back to them, now you are being a bad representative of Christ because they still see Christ. So if they look at you and see the world, they are seeing that as what Christ is like. So we need to be good representatives of Christ in our lives. This whole sermon was leading to that. Just that one statement. Be a good witness. Not only go and tell people, but when, when you think no one else is watching, still be a good witness because people are watching. You see, it's not, being a Christian is not just a switch that we can flick on and off. We flick it on on Sundays and Wednesdays and then we turn, on, turn off the rest of our lives. We're always followers of Christ. So we always need to be good representatives. John 1.23 this is John the Baptist speaking, and I really like this here. John the Baptist, when they are telling him, okay, are you that prophet? Are you, are you Isaias? Are you, are you the Messiah? Because people were starting to see John the Baptist as that. But here's what John the Baptist tells them. This is all he says about himself. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Esaias. That's all we are, people. We are the voices of one crying in the wilderness. The wilderness that is this life. See, if we're not lighthouses, think about like an air raid siren, right? Jesus is coming. People should hear it. People should see it in you. We are supposed to be actively trying to be more and more like Christ. 
That was good that when people saw John the Baptist that they thought he was the Messiah. That means he was doing the right thing at that time. And he also did the right thing by then pointing them to who the Messiah was. So again, be a witness. Just do it. Just tell people about Christ. Well, see, we should want to. I'm going to go ahead and pray, and we'll close out, and, and then we'll have a song of invitation. Dear Lord, thank you again for bringing us all here. But now, Lord, I pray that as we go out from here, that we would continue to be witnesses of you, Lord, and um, that we would realize that it's not a switch that we can turn off. It's, we're either being a good witness or a bad one. There is no just not being a witness. Lord, I pray that uh, you allow your word to rest on our hearts this week and allow it to change us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior this morning, you're here because someone witnessed to you in some form. At some point in your life, someone actually followed what Jesus was saying here. They shared with you to get you to a point where you might accept him. You see, in the Bible, there's a story about this man who was on a bed and four other men brought him to Jesus. They tore the roof off a building to lower him down. And Jesus, it says that when Jesus saw their faith, he healed the man. Not just the one that was on the bed, but also the four men that brought him there. You see, we do have a role to play in the salvation of others. We have to get them to Jesus. That's our job. So if you are here and you don't know Jesus yet, someone has brought you there. Someone's trying to get you there. Would you accept him this morning? All you have to do is pray to him. Ask him in your heart as your Lord and Savior. Repent of your sins. And then you will start a journey that will last the rest of your life where you get to get closer to Jesus and then be with him for eternity.